This is the 4501 Podcast, Episode 16, Why You Should Go on a Cruise to Alaska. good how you doing mark i'm doing great man well first off i should say that it's the beginning of allergy season so if you hear either one of us sneeze sorry (laughs) how bad is it down there in baltimore right now you know i just saw the the pollen count and it's not that bad it's moderate i think it said 52 parts per million which i don't know what that means but this next week is going to be pretty high so it's a good thing we're doing this on like a tuesday I'm not feeling too bad yet, so um, we'll see how it goes. I'm not seeming that bad, but I don't. Are you? How's your allergies doing? Uh, right now in Pennsylvania, it's okay, but I just got back from Richmond, which it was seriously the most terrible pollen I've ever seen. There was pollen blowing around in the air in the wind that you can visibly see. It was kind of like a, a snowstorm. It was ridiculous. Yeah, well, tis the season for that. And um, <laughs> on on this episode. We are going to a place where if it was allergy season there, we would be dying right now because <laughs> we are going to talk. We are going to be talking about Alaska and kind of what we experienced up there and how we got there. And uh, oddly enough, we were there at the same time, even though we didn't really plan it that way. Um, so uh, let's talk about that. What? Yeah. what uh, oh, I guess I guess we ha- we should say how we got there. So we both took cruises with our family to get to Alaska. And we were both, what, seven-day cruises? Yep, seven, eight-day, seven-night cruise. Um, this was a little over two and a half years ago, back in 2016. Um, mine span, both of ours span from August to September, end of August, early September. Yep, yep, yep. And I think you took, well, didn't you, so yours is different. You didn't go, like, you didn't leave, so I left from Vancouver and returned to Vancouver. You didn't do mm-hmm. that, right? No, mine was a one-way from Vancouver to Seward, Alaska. Okay. Yeah. So if you don't know where Alaska is, if you live in a rock for like your whole life, <laughs> Alaska is in the Pacific Northwest. So it is literally the furthest Northwest of the continental United States as possible. It's, it's almost close to the Arctic. Is that the Arctic up North? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And Antarctica is down, down South Arctic is up North. Yeah. And so um, it's close to Russia, like up there in the Pacific Northwest. So it's really, I think, isn't it the one of the biggest rainforests in the United States? Really? Yeah. I mean, it's raining all the time up there. I mean, maybe up there or in Seattle. I mean, but there's a lot of forests up in Alaska, right? But anyways, but we we never hit up the whole entire state. We just hit up three cities out of all that wilderness. But uh, let's let's uh, get into it. So so we all we both went up in August, and I took Celebrity Cruise Line, and you took Royal Caribbean, correct? Yeah, that's right. I actually think they're the same company. Mm, it's a possibility. I don't know. Like I think Celebrity is a different. Like you understand, like like it's a brand within a brand. Yeah, there's some parent company overarching them. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, do you remember what cities you hit up while you were there? Yeah, like I said, we started in Vancouver. Our first stop was in Ketchikan. Then we went to a place called Icy Strait Point. Uh, after that, we went to Juneau, Skagway, and then finally we arrived in Seward, which was our final destination. How about you? Um, so we went to Icy Strait, 
we went to Juno, and we went to Ketchikan. And so um, we also went to... Did you go see a glacier, too? Yeah, the Hubbard Glacier? Yeah, Hub- no, no, no. Uh, is that the one on the water? Yeah, yeah, you can't yeah, yeah, get so, out. You so, just watch so, it. Yeah, you just watch it. Yeah, so we went to the Hubbard Glacier, too. That was a stop. Um, so it looks. It sounds like we went to the same places, and I think that's just because those are all kind of cruise ports, right? Yeah, and the thing about it is, like, with Alaska... This is the reason why I'm so like pro Alaska cruise is because you can't get to these places by car. You would either have to fly to these places or take a boat. And that's why I think it makes so much sense to do an Alaska cruise. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I never really thought about that, to be honest. Um, I would say that they're, they're, they're so remote, but at the same time, they're cities. Like not cities that you think of like New York City, Baltimore, L.A. or, or San Francisco or those type of cities. But they're just like these coastal cities that have, I don't know, a lot of shops and stuff like that. I think the best equation is if you go to a like a Newport, Rhode Island or a Annapolis, Maryland, and they just like mm. are coastal port cities or ancient port cities that just have shops and built up a whole entire city around kind of that industry. Yeah, I think outside of like fishing and like the sea type of industry, um, the, the most popular revenue for these cities are tourism because of the cruise ships absolutely absolutely and, and and i think we i think i well we probably we both went towards the tail end of tour season yeah um and so i saw a lot of signs that said you know closing sales and stuff like that just because we were towards the tail end of that season which that being said it was like really really good weather like oh yeah absolutely so so i guess let's talk about kind of when we decided to go so august august to september which is again towards the latter part but why did your family choose to go in in that time period um i think it's usually just tradition for us to go towards the end of the summer on our our family vacations and um it just worked out for everybody's schedule nothing nothing specific to alaska that made us made that decision did you have something um regarding the end of fall or beginning of fall why you guys went then yeah so our family vacation usually so this is the first this is the last family vacation we took before i got married so this is almost two and a two two and a half years ago or something mm-hmm. but um the main reason why we went is because that's prime whale watching season uh, in alaska Ooh. and so a lot of people don't know that but alaska is one of the most uh stable kind of um not ecosystem but like it the the waters there are very plentiful and so a lot of whales go up there a lot of whales migrate up there to kind of feed on all the fishes and and the krill and stuff like that in the alaskan waters before they migrate back down to hawaii to give birth to their calves and stuff like that and so you can actually go up there and you can see humpback whales or I think we saw humpback whales, but you can also see like orcas up there and stuff. So my family's really big into whale watching. So that's kind of one of the reasons why we chose to go during that time period. I remember you sent me that video of the orca. I think you were on the cruise ship at that point because you were moving and it was just like swimming by you, like doing like dolphin dives up and out of the water, back in, up and out, back in. That was really cool. Yep. So, um, you, we, so when you actually go to, to get up to Alaska from Vancouver. You have to go through what they call the Pacific Northwest Strait or something like that. I forget. It's just like a strait. Um, and that is kind of the domain of killer whales or orcas, as they're, as they're called. Killer whales is probably a bad name, but they're called orcas. And these are like free willy whales, the shamu whales. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Blackfin. Is it Blackfin? What's the movie about 
the uh, the whale, <laughs> black, oh. black blackfish. Black. I think you're right. Yeah. I think it's blackfish. Whatever. So those are the orcas. So we actually were able to see orcas, and my mom loves orcas. And we were fortunate to actually see a pod of orcas hunting a seal from the cruise ship. And so funny story about that is that the captain actually announced. Um, so we were we were in the kind of like the dining area of the cruise ship. And the captain announced, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you look onto the left side of the boat, you'll see a pot of orcas. I've never seen my mother get up that fast before to like <laughs> book it to the window and actually just watch it. But it's pretty cool. You can actually see, you could actually see this, the seal and the orcas kind of giving chase of it. So it was a very, very interesting experience and, and something I'll probably never forget. Hopefully. Okay. That's great for your mom that she went all the way up there and she actually saw what she came to see. And uh, yeah, once in a lifetime, you guys are very lucky. Yeah, and it's it was actually like one of the last days too, because we were going back to Vancouver, and so we had never seen orcas on that whole trip until then. So it was really fortunate. So, Mark, do you remember what the name of your ship was? Yeah, so the name of my ship was called the Celebrity Infinity, and I think there was actually a couple ships uh, from the Celebrity Cruise Line up there. I think there's like the Celebrity Millennium or something like that at the same time. Um, but I, I don't think Royal Caribbean had one up there, right? You didn't see another Royal Caribbean cruise up there, right? No, I don't recall. I remember seeing like a Norwegian, uh, maybe another one, but uh, maybe a Carnival, I think, but not not a, not another Royal. So what was your experience? I, so I should talk about this up front. I have been on several cruises throughout my lifetime. Mm, okay. Okay. This was a first for me. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so I've been on about two or three there's one cruise to Bermuda, one cruise to the, I guess they're, it's the East, the West Caribbean, sorry, the West Caribbean, which is like Cozumel, Mexico, Grand Cayman, some of those other mm. islands, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And there's one more I've been to, I guess maybe it was like East Caribbean, I don't remember. And then this one, which is Alaska, which is my fourth cruise. So um, I'm a seasoned veteran, as they may say. Yeah, you sure are. <laughs> but uh, kind of what were your thoughts about traveling on a cruise ship um so like i alluded to earlier i i really like cruising for alaska specifically um but i think one drawback i think one drawback one major drawback to cruising is the fact that you have these set itineraries with only minimal time anywhere from like as little as six up to nine hours at port you never really stay at a port overnight. You're always moving overnight, sleeping overnight. And um, for that reason, you have just this small time window to actually see these these neighbor or to see these cities along um, the coast of Alaska. So that's one drawback is just the minimal time. Yeah, that makes sense. But I think don't you like the idea of just literally like if you want to do something, it's always there to do. Like, I mean, let's be real. The most things you're going to do on the cruise ship is eat, right? <laughs> I mean, like food is like the number one thing you're going to do while you're on a cruise. And a lot of the cruises that I've been on, actually, yeah, except for this one. This is the only one. But the other ones I've been on always had like a 24-7 diner or like food mm-hmm. area open. Mm-hmm. And so if I ever got bored, if I wanted to get something to eat, I could do it, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's worth, for people who haven't been on cruises, it's worth pointing out that, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner are all included. There's usually multiple restaurants on board um, and you pay like one flat rate for that whole entire duration of your cruise. Yep. 
and and obviously there's like cafe like if it goes it extends beyond like restaurants there's like cafes you can go to like pizza shops and stuff like that that i've been at um it, it's really the sizes of these ships are just getting bigger and because of that they're just cramming much more entertainment and food venues into them um i think when i was 10 i think i was 10 i had i was on the at the time it was the world's biggest ship i, I think it was called the uh, explorer of the seas yeah and since then there have been like five more ships made that are called quantum class cruise ships that have been like that literally make that ship look like a dwarf because they're oh, so massive crazy. and it's it's amazing how big these ships are oh my god i can't imagine like i they're, they're seriously like cities floating cities on on water right because they have everything you need hotels like place to stay restaurants there was a casino on the one that i was on the radiance of the seas um i everything um yep yep and and, and honestly they they keep getting bigger um, and they just try to cram more people in. But what we should say is that the ones that go to Alaska aren't as big as this one. And so if you thought that one was big, if you go to a Caribbean clu- cruise, um, those ones are, are almost double the size of those ships. Because I think it's like a maneuverable maneuverability thing. Yeah. So like the, they're, they're smaller ships because they can get into those ports to fit into those smaller slips. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in the Caribbean, there's a lot more space to maneuver through that stuff yeah and just for uh reference I, I, be, our two ships had between like 12 and 13 decks each and a capacity of 2,000 2,500 passengers um and it sounds like the ones down in the caribbean are significantly bigger than that yeah so so if you go to alaska a little bit of smaller ship and a little bit of a different clientele so uh, from my experience, the Alaska cruise had a little bit of a older demographic when compared to the Caribbean cruises. And I, and you can see, it. I think the young people love the warm weather and being able to just go out to the pool and, you know, hang out by the pool the whole day. Um, but the, the older folk are there because they can just hang out, I guess. I, they don't care about the pool. They just care about hanging out with their friends on a cruise. Yeah, it's a very it's a very social thing and a very passive thing. Like, there's not a lot that you have to worry about. It's kind of stress free. Just wake up, eat, check out the city for a few hours, and then come back and repeat it the next day. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely. So on my cruise, there was actually a yarn weaving, yarn, <laughs> yarn stitching. I, I don't know. You know when you when you weave clothes, okay, from yarn. Yeah. Um, did you do that? I can't believe you I can't, pre- no, 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 no. But there's a convention on my ship. Like there, the, there's actually a yarn weaving convention. Uh, and cause I remember this, this older lady coming up to me and was like, do you know where the yarn shop in the city is? I was like, no, I don't know where the yarn shop in the city is <laughs> because <laughs> apparently you could get like a free ball of yarn in the city. Uh, oh, what? For like a promotional piece or something? It was like that convention, like people who, who were there for the convention yeah. could get a free ball of yarn. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah, now that you bring that up, I think like a lot of companies do, uh, aside from like groups of people, like clubs like that, a lot of companies, I think, do like cruise cruises for, um, I guess, building camaraderie. And I think like probably down in the Caribbean more so than Alaska is like a very popular spring break type of thing as well. Yeah, but the one thing like you wouldn't go on spring break or like 
you want to go on a cruise in, in August. Like most college kids or young people go on cruises in May or March during the cold months. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any case, so that's kind of the difference in clientele that I saw. It was a little bit of an older demographic going up to Alaska and then in the Caribbean it was kind of more young people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, but I think I equally had fun. Like what would, like you had fun in Alaska, right? You're a young person relatively. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. We're the same age. Um, absolutely. I, I loved it. Every, every minute of it. I loved it. Did your uh, younger sister like it? Um, Janelle, yes, she definitely had a good time. Um, I think Andrea had the same sentiment as me as far as just minimal time at each place. That was the one of the few drawbacks that we could find. Yeah, and I guess we should say that if you do miss kind of the cruise leaving, I forget what it's called, the departure time or something. If you miss the departure time, if you're not on the boat by the time the boat leaves... It's up to you to get to the next stop to catch it. Oh, my God. That would be so hard in Alaska. Yeah. And that's crazy difficult to do in Alaska. So make sure you're on the boat. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but anyways, let's go. Let's talk about like the, the cities we went to and like the stuff we did. So let's talk about the first one. Let's talk about um, Hubbard Glacier because that was kind of my favorite mm. out of all of them. Yeah, for me, that was the last one. But it was I, I'm one that I love natural beauty. And this was just absolutely fantastic um the the ship kind of like approaches the glacier from afar for like 30 minutes or to an hour or something like that and you just anticipate seeing this like massive field of it's a glacier it's and it comes up to the ocean so um i don't know why maybe you can attribute this to global warming again but you see the the glacier actively melt i guess and these huge chunks of ice just drop into the ocean and cause these like mini tidal waves and the the noise that that makes is so unreal because it echoes throughout the entire glacier field um did you remember hearing that when you were there don't you mark yep so i actually was able to record a i guess a piece of that glacier falling into the water it was actually ridiculous but you're absolutely correct it also that global warming is causing these glaciers to recede and so if you actually took a picture of the glacier of that glacier 20 to 30 years ago it extended so much further out and then but if you look at it now it's it's receded back towards the mountains and that's all because of global warming and stuff like that um i'll go into the next part but I was, I guess we were, was it, was it foggy when you were there or is it bright and sunny? It was sunny for me. Okay. So when you go to the Hubbard Glacier, usually, I shouldn't say usually, but most of the time there's a high chance that that whole glacier is in fog. Like those mountains around it are all in fog. Um, you can't see the extent of the glacier as much as we both did that week. And part of the reason for that is because when we went to Alaska, it was abnormally warm. Mm-hmm. I remember talking to the Alaskans there and they were like, this is like terrible for us because it's so warm because it was literally probably like the hottest week they got. But it was it was fine for us. Right. Like we were in short sleeve T-shirts and a, and a jacket and maybe in long pants. Um, and that was fine. Like we could survive it. But the, for those people, it was super just like unbearable. It's crazy. Yeah. I specifically remember after a cruise, we drove up to Anchorage and I was walking around in shorts and it was approaching, I think it hit like 68, close to 70 degrees there Fahrenheit, which is unreal, unseasonable yeah. for Alaska. 
Mm-hmm. And just to reiterate the global warming, we're turning to a science podcast. Just to re- reiterate the, the global warming aspect, um, when I was in Juneau, I went on a zipline tour. And um, the zipline tour took place at this ski resort. And from when I was talking to the people who worked at the ski resort, they actually said that they had the lowest snowfall recorded in Juneau history ever that previous winter. So, like, the snow up there, the snow accumulation is decreasing. Yeah. So it's definitely, like, a telltale sign that, you know, the, the parts that are that get snow recently, like, the most snow aren't getting as much snow as usual. Yeah, I'm curious if that trend is continuing because, I mean, it's been two or three years since since we were up there. So I would, I would want to look into that and see, see what that actually looks like today. Okay, don't be in such a naysayer. The global warming is real. I am always skeptical about global warming. Oh my God. You're you really? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Um, I think just cause we're only looking like, my- do you believe the earth is flat too? <laughs> no, my reasoning for, um, not a hundred percent believing global warming is because we only are looking at a small set of data. Like modern technology has only been recording temperatures around the globe for like the last hundred or so years. So, Um, we're only guessing what the temperature was thousands and tens of thousands of years ago. So that small sample size is not sufficient to, to like make a conclusion about the earth warming up. So you don't believe that there's a trend of increased earth temperature? I mean, there could be a trend for the last hundred, 200 years warming up, but that does not, that if you like, like if you look at like, a graph. But you of the, think that's more cyclical? But you think that's more cyclical? Yeah, it could go up and then it could go down. Could go up, like, but over time, it's average on average, like the same temperature. That's just a theory, and I mean, your yours is just a theory as well. But no, no, mine's science. <laughs> yours is yours is fact. Mine is fact. Yeah, yeah. You know what? We need to have Nick on this podcast, and he'll set us straight. That's true. Nick's an actual. Nick's an, Nick's an actual. <laughs> Nick's an actual scientist. And and that's the work that he does is recording ocean temperatures on a regular basis to uh, to figure out if global warming is a thing. Okay, flat earther. Let's let's get back on topic <laughs> that's true. because you're gonna you're gonna get me angry about this. <laughs> In any case, yeah, so Hubbard Gl- Glacier, really cool place to go to. Um, don't leave the ship. I actually got a time lapse of us leaving Hubbard Glacier, so that was awesome. How'd that turn out? I always find like time lapses on ships because of the turns that it makes kind of like look a little choppy. Did it look nice? I mean, like fine. It looked like you're on a ship taking a time lapse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe we can, uh, put that in the show notes. Some, I gotta find that then. I have, I have so, <laughs> yeah, look for it. Cause I have so many pictures and I'm sure you do too from, from Alaska. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's figure that out. Anyways. Um, next, next, Part we went to let's go into icy Strait because that was more of like a tourist destination as opposed to like an actual an actual city mm-hmm. um so to me icy Strait was literally just like a tourist stop there's like three things to do a good one place to eat and that was it and i think the boat only spent like four hours there yeah yeah it, that's exactly right the icy Strait point i think only exists for tourism the the zip line and all that stuff um what we what our family did was walked like i think a mile or mile and a half around the the coast to a little town called huna and we found that to be much more 
of an enjoyable place because it was such a small little town and we got to talk to a local there which was really really cool and uh, just get off the beaten path and I think we also saw a bald eagle there too which was awesome uh, that's a very common thing in Alaska as well um, so um, yeah I, I ended up liking Huna, but not so much the Icy Strait point so yeah, I, I enjoyed Icy Strait, but we didn't actually go to Huna. We actually went to um we actually went whale watching there. Now that I think about it. So we actually didn't spend that much time in Icy Strait. We um immediately got on the whale watching boat from our boat, from our cruise ship actually. They just the, the boat kind of lined up next to it and then we jumped over and then went off on our whale watching experience. And we did see whales, surprisingly. Um we only saw one breach, which was kind of disappointing, but just overall, it was a pretty cool experience. Was it a humpback whale that you saw? This wasn't the orca, right? No, I think this was the humpback whale, or it could be a different type of whale. It was just a whale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we uh, we did our whale watching in Juneau, but I think, and we saw the humpback whales there, but I think if, no, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You did the, um, you went scuba diving or snorkeling, right? In Ketchikan? I did do go snorkeling in Ketchikan, but before before we move on to Ketchikan, we can go on to after this. We uh the zip line, that was in Icy Strait. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. There's a giant zip line in Icy Strait. I did not do that. Did you do that? No, that was a tourist trap for sure. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to do it, it's fun, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so let's move on to Ketchikan. Ketchikan, I forget. Um Ketchikan was not a touristy city, and I think it used to be an old... I mean, it was touristy, but it used to be an old fishing port, if I remember correctly, because there's a lot of canneries around and a lot of fishing-associated uh, stuff. Yeah, you're right. Oh, and because that's there's a lot of uh, birds there. There's a lot of like eagles flying around because of that type of... The, the, they're getting all the fish scraps coming from the docks and stuff. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, so you'll see a lot of birds up there. Yeah, so we went snorkeling. We did, um, you can snorkel in Alaska. It was pretty cool, actually. And I think it was called Snorkel Alaska. And we just, we put on these wetsuits, these dry suits or whatever that kept us warm. And we just snorkeled around kind of uh, this point uh, close to the port, but not too close. It was kind of, it's pretty far away. And um, we just looked at like kind of the, the, the fishes over there, the the Pacific Northwest fishes, and some of like the the shellfish and stuff like that. Um, two it was cool. Two it was cool. Would I do it again? No. <laughs> okay. Two things. Do you actually say fishes? Is that in your vocabulary? Uh, is fish. I don't know. I guess that's a good point because I'm talking about multiple species of fishes. <laughs> I think in my vocabulary, fish is, is singular fish plural? and plural. Yeah. Well, maybe I've been saying fish in my whole life wrong it's okay it's okay as long as fishes. you change it now so is fish is fishes is fishes a verb though like fishes is a verb though right because you go f- fishing fish fishing is a verb but fat past tense of fishing is fished it's fishes okay whatever <laughs> with an ed yeah whatever um the other thing was didn't you see like some crazy cool like alaskan sea life there um, oh, like starfish and, and crazy things like that. Yes, I did. I saw a giant sea cucumber. <laughs> that that's cool. I I'm not joking too. I saw a giant sea cucumber, and apparently this is actually interesting. You can 
um, you can harvest these sea cucumbers and you can sell them per, there's a quota system. So you sell them. And apparently, um, this is an industry up there. So the guy who was leading our snorkeling tour was a sea cucumber farmer. And he actually would, uh, during this, the sea cucumber harvest season, would just like go down in his wetsuit and a snorkel, pick up these sea cucumbers, and then sell them. Are they edible? Do you eat them? So I think they're not. They are edible, but you got to dry them out first. And I think it's more like an Asian type of holistic remedy. Okay, so it has some medicinal purposes. Apparently, but it's it's that's that's Eastern medicine. Mm. That's not Western medicine. So we don't approve of Eastern medicine. We only approve of Western medicine in this podcast. Is that right? Well, yes. <laughs> just just gonna make that statement. Um, Didn't you do some totem thing in Ketchikan? Yeah, that was a really bad idea. Um, There's this like totem pole park a couple miles outside of Ketchikan. And, uh, you had to, you had to pay to get in and it was just like literally, uh, like half the size or a quarter of the size of a football field of like maybe like a dozen totem poles. And, uh, they had some guy out there trying to explain the history behind them, but that, that was it. Like that was the whole attraction was just to go up there, give them like 10 bucks a person and have some guy tell you about them, which I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't my cup of tea. Um, so instead we, uh, well, we did that. And then after that, we just kind of toured around the town and, um, walked around a bit up the mountain. We did a little hike up the mountain and saw a cool overview of the, the whole port and Ketchikan itself. Okay. That sounds awesome. So, um, did you, do you remember any of the shops in Ketchikan? Cause I don't. The shops. I just remember this one main one. Yeah. I remember that main one right next to the dock and it was kind of yeah, large. That- yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I bought a. I, that's uh, that's where I bought my Alaskan hat from. What uh, a cap, a baseball cap. Yeah, baseball hat. Okay, is that? <laughs> well, this isn't relevant, but behind you, there's a whole stack of baseball caps in Mark's podcasting office. Yep. Oh yeah, I see it right now. <laughs> yep, it says Alaska, the last frontier. You got to wear that more often. It doesn't fit my head very well. Mm. I guess the Alaskan people don't know how to make hats. Oh, what a bummer. Oh, well, next time, next time, maybe they'll develop a new industry. Was uh, Ketchikan your last stop then? Um, I think so. But before we got to Ketchikan, and this is the last city that we both went to, which was actually one of the most fun, I'll be honest. This is an actual city city. We both went to Juneau, Alaska, which is the capital of Alaska, correct? Mm. Yeah, you're right. And so the capital of Alaska is Juneau, Alaska. So I have a funny story about Juneau, Alaska. Do you want to know what it is? Let's hear it. So on my cruise ship, and what you have to understand is that these cruise ships always like to hype up where their um, employees are from. So their waiters, their um, cabin attendants, their captains, their cruise members, whatever. They always include where their um, employees are from on their name tags. And so um, on the TV channel they had a kind of a scrolling program where you could actually get to understand what city you're at and, and what you could do there and stuff like that. So, um, I always call Juno, you know, because of that program, this guy who had like an Italian accent, I don't know what it was exactly. He never pronounced Juno with the J he pronounced it with like a Y 
And so he said, you know, and I just <laughs> thought that was the most funny thing in the world because it's so different than actually saying the J in Juno. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wonder where that guy was from, where he uh, changes the J to a Y. But it sounds so funny. You know, you know, it was just, you know, Juno. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, you know, Juno. And I was like, I was like, oh man. But um, that that's that's the the classic memory I'll have from this city. Um, but it was so much different because it actually was a city. It wasn't like a there wasn't high rises or stuff like that. But there was a lot more, um, I guess, restaurants and industry. And I think the airport. They actually had an airport there, mm-hmm. which was about ten miles away. And um, I think what we did there is there was a trolley you could take from the base of Juno because it's on the side of a mountain. And you take this trolley up from there up to the top of, I forget what mountain it was called. I feel like it was called like Mount Hood or something, but I don't remember. Mm. Mount Roberts. Mount Roberts. Okay. It's called the the Mount Roberts Tramway, I think. And um, up there you can actually, there's a lot of hiking trails. And you can overlook the the bay and stuff like that. Not the bay, but like the the port. And um, it was just really cool to see. Um, It was something different. And at the top of that, one of those hiking trails, there was actually a crucifix. Did I tell you the story? No, I never heard this. There's a crucifix. Okay. And it was so, it was so peculiar and and so bizarre. Um, But there's a crucifix up there like a giant cross for those of mm-hmm. you who don't know that. And next to that crucifix, it was a, the plaque and the plaque read father Brown, a Jesuit from Loyola university of Maryland came here to help promote Christianity to the Alaskan people. What? I kid you not. I kid you not. No way. Kid Fa- you not. What, was it dated with a year? Do you remember? Yeah. I don't know. But just Google it. Loyola university. Crazy. That is crazy. Um, the reason that's crazy if you're, if you haven't been following along is cause that's our alumni university in Baltimore, Maryland. And that's where we derived the name four five Oh one podcast from, cause that's, uh, the address of this, the school. Um, wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay. So they say, I just Googled it. Quick Google search on Wikipedia says the early 1900s. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's one of those things that is just serendipitous, I guess yeah yeah it's so ironic and yeah it's called father brown's cross so that's one thing you could do in juno but it's kind of a hike so if you have physical like a stressful physical what am i trying to say (laughs) Tony? if you're not physically capable of hiking then that might not be for you yes exactly so if, if you're not physically capable of hiking then don't do this but it's a cool sight to see um i got some great shots and also did you do you go up the mount roberts tramway no, that this is where we did the whale watching. Oh, that's right, right, right. So at the top of the Mount Roberts tramway, there is actually a bald eagle in a cage, which is kind of sad. But it can't fly. If it was out in the wild, I think it'd die. So it's kind of good that's in captivity for a little bit. Mm. Um, but it was kind of just like a... It was the first time I saw a bald eagle that close, to be honest. And it was an interesting sight. And, and also a little sad. Did you go to Skagway, Mark? No, I don't think we did. Um, our itinerary did not take us there. Okay. That was our uh, second to last stop outside of Seward. And, um, we actually didn't stay. It was a really cool town. Like it was, um, again, like centered for the tourists. Um, it was very decorated. It had like a very nicely planned, um, grid of streets, 
we didn't actually spend too much time there. Instead, we took a bus trip out into the Yukon Territory, which is, I, I, I don't even, do you know Canada? Well, it's, it's a territory in Canada. I think Canada has multiple provinces and multiple territories. Um, it's just one of them, the Yukon Territory. And we saw um, uh, this really nice, beautiful blue, blue lake up there. Um, it was kind of misting and raining that day, but it was still nonetheless beautiful. So we did that for most of the time that we were in Skagway and came back and caught the boat later that day, I think around like 5 or 6 p.m. and headed off to our last stop, which was Seward. Did you see any um, wildlife, like any bears or wolves or moose or caribou or mice or rats <laughs> or rabbits or woodchucks or yeah, foxes yeah. or eagles or or uh, ospreys? Um, yes, to answer your question. Um, outside of the cruise, though, because when we got to Seward, we went up to Anchorage with a rental car and then ultimately to Denali. And um, along there, we saw, well, well, this was crazy. We were driving to Denali from Anchorage, and I think my mom was driving the rental car, and a freaking bear, like, seriously out of nowhere, pops out into the middle of the road. She slams on her brakes. Luckily, he keeps running. We don't hit him. Everybody's okay, but um, that just goes to show you how, I guess, prominent these, these bears, these grizzly bears could be in Alaska. Was it actually a brown bear or was it a black bear? Um, don't know. I, we never got a picture of it or whatever. It just ran away. You don't remember the color of its fur? No, I don't. Wow. It was one of those things. It was that, it was that traumatic. Yeah. It was very memorable. Um, but we did see, I know for sure we saw grizzlies um, in another, up, 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 up closer to Denali, we did see grizzlies. Okay, so so this is you're off the cruise at this point. Yeah, right? we left the cruise and got the rental car at this point. Oh, and okay. Uh, what was really cool about uh, did you did you see the northern lights from the ship? That's a good. We should we, okay. We, let's end it here because we're running a little yeah. late. But um, yeah, so I did not, but my sister did. I was. Asleep. You didn't feel like waking up at two a.m. to see them, did you? I kind of forgot about them to be <laughs> honest. It was it was cool nonetheless from from the ship um but you know at this point up towards denali you're six or seven hours north further north and we got up at, you know i think 2 a.m or whatever it is the optimal time to see him one night and it was just one of the most fantastic experiences of my life to see the northern light so if you have that opportunity whether it's in alaska or norway or somewhere else up north um i highly recommend seeing the northern lights at some point in your life. Were you able to take a picture of them? Yes. And I'll put them also in the show notes. There's going to be a lot of pictures. I feel like for these show notes, um, they'll be available at the 45 podcast.com slash 16. Yep. So, so I guess the overall summary of this kind of episode is that you want to go to Alaska because you want to actually enjoy nature. It's, it's my hat said it's the last frontier and literally it is the last frontier. There is no cities, there's no cell phone service. There's minimal internet. There are no Starbucks, you know, mm. which is crazy. And I think that if you really want to just enjoy nature, this is the place for you, right? 100%. Yep. Would you go back? I will go back. Yes. Oh, you will yes. go back. Jesus. Okay. 
uh, there's a lot more for the, for me to see up there, um, especially inland. I would love to explore inland Alaska as well. Okay. Yeah. So um, let's uh, let's leave it here. Um, hopefully, you guys that are listening, you guys and girls. I always, I don't want to be gender single, <laughs> but you guys and girls who are listening, I hope you guys enjoyed hearing about why you should go to Alaska and kind of what our experiences were there. Um, it's definitely a great place to go, and hopefully, the global warming doesn't destroy it. Agreed, right there. And I think you should say, ladies and gentlemen, instead of guys and girls. L- ladies and gentlemen. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this episode. We will see you next time. And Tony does not believe the earth is round. Goodbye. See you, ladies and gentlemen, next time. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode. Please follow us on Twitter at the 4501 Podcast to keep up with the latest news and events. If you have any suggestions for episodes or would like to contact us, shoot us an email at the4501podcast at gmail.com.